bath the other night and this guy knocks the door, goes downstairs and says, bro, what the fuck you doing? I'm trying to bath you. Hello people, welcome to the When in Yorkshire podcast. I hope you're all having a lovely time, whatever it is that you're up to. Here in Yorkshire, we've had some delightful weather recently mixed with some insane downpours, which I believe is the official northern confirmation of summer. Um, as I'm recording this this introduction, the youth festival season in the UK is well underway. Um, Slam Dunk has been and was fantastic. More on that in a couple of weeks. Uh, download looks to have been amazing and Glastonbury finally returned and looks to have been absolutely fantastic. So it's been brilliant to see some some form of normality, I guess, resume both in, in the general world and also in the kind of live music and events industry. Um, this episode, episode 55, features a man who genuinely is loved by so many people. It is Mr. Benji Webb of the reggae metal superstars Skindred. Now, when I've mentioned to a few people um, who know him that I was about to have a chat with Benji, um, or letting people know that this episode is coming out, the response, without fail, every single time has been, "Ah, oh, I love Benji. Um, and yeah, what a great guy he is. After getting to spend some time chatting with him, I would 100% echo this sentiment. Not only are Skindred fantastic musicians, and he's a great guy, they know how to put on a show, and, and Benji is the absolute ultimate ringmaster of all of this. Um, so I had this conversation um, about how great Skindred are with, with many people over the years, and the common consensus is they simply do not know how to put on a bad show. Not not even a mediocre one. It's, it's always on point. Um, if for whatever reason you're not a fan of the band, check them out live. It's an absolute party and you do not want to miss it. Um, in the short time that we had here, um, it was great to chat. Um, he was really open about the experiences he's had over the years, how he got into music, um, a bit about his family as well. Um, I was very, very close to getting a sneaky listen to the forthcoming album, but time got the better of us. Um, he's a very, very busy man and his, his time is much sought after. Um, I have included... The first song I remember hearing um, of, of Skindred's, along with another classic Skindred track, and I've put these on the When in Yorkshire podcast playlist over on Spotify. There's so many great tracks from guests on there. Give it a listen. Um, I think that's enough jabbering on for me. This is going to be... This was an absolute dream to record. Um, gutted it couldn't be longer. Hopefully we'll have a catch-up at some other point in the future. This is episode 55 with the legendary Mr. Benji Webb. <laughs> yeah, man. Cool, cool. So, I'm here with Benji from Skindred. Yeah, man. How are you, buddy? <sighs> Alhamdulillah. I'm good, my friend. Thank you so much. Awesome, awesome. So, we're here in Leeds. Thank you very much for including Yorkshire in your in your tour. It's, well, it wouldn't uh, be a tour without Yorkshire, as far as I can tell, mate, to be honest with you. Like, I'm, I love coming up this way Sheffield, Yorkshire, all them places. What do you call it? Uh, what do you call it? Leeds, Sheffield, Barnsley. It's all nice. That's the ends, bro. They're the ends for me. Awesome. Where the real fucking force of the UK is. <laughs> you know? Easily the best Yorkshire accent I've had on the show. No, 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 no. Genuinely. Right, I, genuinely. I, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> that that was I'm actually pretty impressed with that. Yeah, um, yeah we saw you, saw you the other week at Slam Dunk. Wow. Um, and that was 
that was absolutely outstanding. Well, um, slam, slam, you know, the weather was absolutely outstanding. That was a great day. I mean, the weather was... I, I couldn't believe how good the weather was yeah. for that time of year as well. Yeah, but the show was fantastic. And those who turned up... You know what? I always look at it like a, like a gig like Slam Dunk. I always look at it like an opportunity where people are going to be there. More people are going to be there who've never heard of you than have heard of you. So it's always an opportunity to cast the net, yeah. as Jesus would say. Cast the net. Cast yeah. the net and let the forces flow upon the people them. Get, yeah. your, get your new disciples. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was religion. Absolutely. And I guess what I like to talk about on here is kind of find out how you got into music, how you became the, the Benji that we see on, on the Skindred stage. It's, it's an ongoing and, process, my yeah. friend. I, I don't know. You know, how do I get into music? Do you remember? Do you have your, what's your earliest memory? Singing. Uh, let me tell a story. So you might not know this because you're a little younger than me, but I remember this the other day. I was thinking that I was in the house and I remembered this. Being a little boy and going around to the shop called the back shop where I used to live, there was a there'd be a row of council houses and there was a little alley and there was a back shop. And at this back shop, there used to be you know you can get you know you get your sweets, your candy, yeah. whatever. So the one day I remember being in there. I remember this the other day, and I'm in there and I used to sing this song, the theme from the banana splits. And I'd capture the whole fucking shop with me going tra la 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 la, little black kid yeah. like you know in South Wales, cute as fuck like la la la. <laughs> So anyway, every time I'd done it, the woman behind the counter would laugh and she'd give me sweets. I'm like, fuck yeah. Yeah. If that's what i got to do. So I went there. I must have been going there for about three or four months and getting sweets, singing a song. So the one day I get in there and the same woman who's telling me to sing the song and give me sweets, she's got her back to me and she's I can hear her doing this. Making it rain. Yeah. No, she's going like this. <laughs> and I'm, I'm thinking, what the fuck's she doing? And now I see that she's counting the money. But she, so she's, her concentration ain't on me. So I start going, and she goes, oh, no, now, love, no, now. And I go, oh, fuck off. And I run out of there. <laughs> four-year-old and four year old that's and, my, and the worst thing, that I think that was my introduction into show business. I really do. I just that was your first paid gig. That was my first paid gig. And, and when, the, when the promoter wouldn't pay me, I told the fuck off and ran out. <laughs> but the thing was, the woman fucking knew where I lived and she went out to my mother. Was a, my mother was like a pirate. My mother died real young, so I always remember my mother being like with one leg and one patch on her eye, going, get in this house, me. Yeah. I don't know where the fuck she comes from, Northern <laughs> Ireland, but. Yeah. But I always remember my. You know, I remember that. So this woman came to the house and told my mother, I swore. Ouch. Fuck, I think I got a beating. My mother didn't give a spare the rod. My mother didn't spare the rod. Yeah. Not abuse, but she didn't spare the rod. If you fucked, you got it. Yeah. You know, and I, was, I, and I wouldn't change her. I wouldn't change it. Absolutely. I, had a, I was strange that you should mention, like, corporal punishment. Because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I was walking through, through work today and somebody was talking about the fact that when they were at school, teachers used to oh, beat her. them. And he was talking about... One teacher who used to get three of those me- uh, wooden meter rulers well, yeah, and tape yeah. them together. I was like, that's... Uh, yeah. that's a well, bit, I think, you know, that's, 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 that's a bit you know you're talking about like John Brown's stool days, you know, that kind yeah. of shit. It's like fucking sort of end the end of Victorian Dickensian shit yeah, going on. Yeah, it felt like We it. felt the end of that, you know, because yeah. I'm, I'm born 67. So I caught the end of that kind of 70s, like, can I think of these... Like scum and stuff like yeah, that, movies yeah. like that. I was, I was there. We lived in that sort of era. I mean, now you fucking slap somebody, you're gonna prison, you know. But back then, teachers would punch you the fuck out of you. Yeah, teachers would beat you up. So, other than other than the uh, the the shop <laughs> gigs, what yeah. was it? What do you remember listening to as as a child? Scooby Doo, I remember. Scooby Doo is cool. Good thing. I used, you. you know, Good I used, you know, in all honesty, my mother, right? Like I said, God rest her soul. My mother, she loved. All the musicals. So, right. 
as soon as I opened my mouth as a little boy, you know, I was doing vibr- the, the, the It was just there. It was. I'm. I'm not even trying to big myself up. Mm. But as soon as I opened my mouth and started singing like fucking whatever it could be, it could be from West Side Story or Carousel. Nice. I heard them songs. My mother would make us all sit down and watch that shit. But as soon as I heard them singing, I start sort of um, what do they call it, mimicking them. Yeah. And I sounded like them. Like I had the vib- what's the word? The vibrato. Yeah. Thank you very much. I can't even think of the fucking word it is. But I had that from then. You know what I mean? So. I'm glad that my mother made me watch that stuff, and that, and that from from a very early age, that that's what I think you yeah. know brought me in. It's just imitating all these different characters like Top Cat and all this shit, and then till one day I found the voice, you know, and I found the voice through reggae music. Yes, yeah, you know, yeah. that's where I found my voice because as far as I can see, reggae artists they were different from fucking T Rex and different from Bowie and different from all these amazing artists because they all they all had this weird t- twang to them especially in the 70s mm. like people like Barrington Levi Michael Prophet and as a kid I'd, I'd be mimicking them like I would be mimicking all these different these things I've seen on TV as a kid like Scooby-Doo so you got a cross between yeah the, the kind of dance hall yeah. and, and Scooby-Doo yeah well, but that was well it's all the same person to me yeah. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying yeah so that was the vibe really I mean I just started imitating them and then I'd be with my friends like in discos or whatever mm. and I'd just do that shit around them and they'd be like wow 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 and I'm like what so you, really, you really sound authentic you really sound like fucking you're from over there like you know as well and that's, and that's I just felt that the only thing I was ever told as a kid growing up uh, that I was any good at was doing that kind of singing thing yeah. you know whether it be like the MC and from Jamaica and all that stuff but that's what I seemed to gravitate to in later life you know that's nice and Stranger, you mentioned the uh, the musicals. We were talking about Matt Stocks, um, and that's when I spoke to him. That's one of his big memories with his mm-hmm. mum. Okay, she introduced him to musicals. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's interesting how it's not always just the straight up music. No, 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 no. I think I, I, listen, bro. I loved watching Dad's Army and listening to all them different characters on there. Listening to all them voices. It was always the voice more than anything else, you know. And like I said about them Jamaican artists, that, you know, like the tennis or. Um, Ika Mouse these these voices which they're from fucking space you know they yeah. just didn't you'd never hear them on, 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 the, on the radio but these voices were just incredible and that's how I felt like you know absolutely so it's more like the energy in that that captures you yeah that's what captures me it's like when I hear Johnny Rotten for the first time mm. wow you know I mean if Johnny Rotten goes in a singing competition with Michael Jackson he's gonna lose but <laughs> I would fucking watch that <laughs> but but Johnny Rotten got so much fucking character yeah. he's up there with Michael and that's the way I look at it yeah yeah he's a, he's a cartoon character <laughs> they're all cartoon yeah, characters yeah. I mean if you're larger in life I love you I love the, I love the tones you use Bjork when I finished with Bjork I was like oh my god listen to yes. the way she's pronouncing that shit yeah absolutely you know? and that's because of her, as, whatever the fuck she's from you know Iceland <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> she's got the natural charisma she's got there the, yeah but I mean it's like it's like listening to some people from Norway when they speak. It's, it, for me, it's just them infections and the inflections yeah. in people's voices and the way they sing. And that's what I'm attracted to, Absolutely. you know, as a vocalist myself, you know. So what, what was your first live gig then? My brother was in a band. After my parents died, I must have been about 11, 12. My brother was in a band and he became... My brother was only 21 at the time and he became... They'd never fucking happen now, but he became my legal guardian. Wow. So I was like 13, 14 years of age and, my, and I lived in a flat in a council estate with my brother and he was 21 at the time and my brother he used to play with a bunch of rasters and they used to smoke a lot of weed and fucking play music and I used to go to rehearsal sometimes 
and watch him and think, wow, be in awe of my brother doing his thing, like, you know. Um, yeah. So the one day, <laughs> the first concert I went to, the one day, he used to take off for a weekend and just leave me there. I mean, like I said already, we were, as kids growing up, we were, where I lived, we were foul as fuck, you know, <laughs> we were. We'd do what the fuck we wanted and going to school was, I, I used to go to school to have school dinners. That was it. Yeah, yeah. You know, because I knew there was going to be a meal in school for me more than anything. So I was saying, my brother, so my brother, the one day, me and my mate were outside, he says, do you want to come? And I'm thinking, wow, because I know I've been to rehearsal before, mm-hmm. but I've never been to no gig because he goes away for all these gigs for the weekends. So I, um, I said, yeah, so me and my friend jumped in the van, drove across Wales to West Wales from South Wales. And we went to this legalised cannabis kind of thing with the band. And the band were called the Beatroots. And um, we went to this, this legalised cannabis thing and me and my friend just, fuck, it was only 13, 14, we smoked fucking so much weed and just had the best time ever. And then I realised that my brother was doing this every weekend and getting paid and getting pussy and having the best time of his fucking life. And I went, that's the only thing I want to do, dude. If you're doing that, if you do that, I yeah. want to do that too because... I'm crap at maths, I'm crap at English, I'm crap at fucking... All that shit, you know, it just goes over my head. I sit there fucking drooling, not knowing what the fuck teachers are talking about. But this stuff, I can do. That connects. I can, I can deal with that. And yeah. like I said, growing up then, after that, then to come along the bands like The Specials and stuff like that, and i seen them people, and they look amazing, like they come from a council estate like me. Mm. You know what I mean? These guys, and I'm like... It wasn't like something which was intangible. It was something that I knew I could do. And they play, and these bands are like the specials. They're playing my dad's record collection. Yeah. But in a punk rock way. And I'm like, oh, I'm having some of that. Absolutely. And that's what sort of drove me into it, you know. And I just knew I wanted to... And when I seen the specials, after, you know, stuff like that, and seeing just, just fucking kids from my housing estate doing what they're doing, it was like I had a chance to do that, you yeah. know. Yeah, it's a, diff- it's a different kind of... It's a different world to now in terms of, you know, you've got... Well, it's, inf- it's, that, it's the information. It was- I'm, I, listen, I thank God that when I bought fucking Lip Up Fatty's album, right? When I bought Bad Brains's album, Bad, Bad Manners's album, I only knew one song, mm. and that was it. That was the fucking Lorraine I heard on the radio, you know, and I loved it. And I'm glad that I had to go to the store, order that three weeks before I come out, not knowing what the band looked like, yeah. not knowing where they were from, what they did, just like that song. And then I took that record over when I came played it and just fell in love with it every track and I think we're in it as a kid growing up I think that's much better than just clicking on a fucking name and seeing it all yeah yeah. No, I mean I, the hunt for music as a kid growing up was incredible incredible when like people would come to your house and they've had this, this stuff called vinyl yeah and you've never seen this band or heard this band from fucking wherever it is from the Buzzcocks or whatever oh check this the excitement was incredible I I, I, I wouldn't change that for the world I you get that you get with vinyl as well because it's big the scale yeah, of the artwork bro, I, you, captures you straight I'd away, read every... I'd read the side part. I'd read inside. Yeah. I'd even look it up in the light and see if they wrote any messages inside the vinyl themselves. It was such... It was. I think it was a special yeah. time and I thank God that I tasted that time. And you got the stories of, you know, Black Sabbath and stuff, play it backwards. And, All you know, that you, stuff you, going no, can't on. can't get that with... You rewind your CD. Yeah, yeah, or, you uh, <laughs> no, you ain't got no CD no more, have you? <laughs> true, true. You just got to stream, baby. Rewind the internet. Yeah, rewind. <laughs> yeah. So... In terms of your of uh, Skindred, then mm-hmm. how did how did it come about? What's well, your... I was I was a friend of mine went um, I, like I said I was always singing around my mates selling weed. Most of it was just the reason why I wanted to sell weed because I expected somebody to come down from from London in a car and pick me up and go. I'm going to make you a star. Come with me <laughs> with a cigar. And yes. I actually thought that was yes. going to happen, bro, for a long fucking time. Mate, I hope but, I hope this story ends with that happening. <laughs> 
I just no, I just thought that that's how it went. You heard of these people in like running like fucking Silla Black and people like that running into the phone box to make the call and the phone box down the end. Of this. Yeah. I thought it was going to happen like that, but little did I know it wasn't going to happen like that. <laughs> so I tried a few different bands, and a friend of mine, I, it was I was, did a reggae thing which was really good, and I recorded for this guy called the Mad Professor, and I was in a band called the Syndicate that recorded a song called Life in the Family. Beautiful song, I wrote it myself and all that. Beautiful song. And I think the reason why I wrote the lyrics in that song, if you ever get the chance to hear mm-hmm. it, is because of not having a father and mother growing up, you know, mm-hmm. and I think I sort of put myself in it. Anyway, so I did that record, and I expected to go to London after recording in the big smoke and collect my massive check, and I went there, and it was 40 <laughs> fucking quid, right? Nice. <laughs> 40 quid, and that's all was left after recording costs. I took my check, went back to Wales, and thought, fuck you, Reggie. And a mate of mine's... <laughs> the entire genre. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I was like. And at first, I was like, fuck you, Reggie. Like, anyway, so a mate of mine who'd been in prison for a while, he said, Benjamin, because he, he knew I was into the punk as a kid, mm-hmm. being a black kid, I sort of but more gravitated towards a Reggie thing. I mean, the style of, like, the, mm. the old Rasta look. But he knew I liked punk rock and all that stuff as a kid growing up. Um, and he said, listen, man, I wrote these rock songs. Do you want to do some? And I said, give them a go. He said, because I know you can sing anything you fucking want, bro. I said, I'll give it a go. So we wrote these songs. A friend of the guy who was in the band with my brother years before helped, helped us develop the songs. And um, there's about four or five of them. You can see them. There's a, there's a project, you can see it on the internet. There's, there's a project called Bank Hall, which cool. was my first rock adventure as a rock adventure. And um, I did that. I did that for a few weeks, literally. And the bass player who was in a this guy called Richie Clever, who was in a band called the Blood Brothers. Oh yeah, yeah. From from South Wales. Um he said their singer left and he said he just fancied a jam and he heard the tape that I did with this other band. Tape by the way, right? Mm. He heard the tape that I did with this other band and he, he heard my voice and he said, You know, I'd you know, I'd love you to come and have a jam with us. And because they were younger than the guys that we were writing with, I thought, Yeah, I'll give him a shot. So we went down to rehearsal, started jamming and I'm singing rock, doing the rock thing. I'm like, you know, I think I'm a rock singer. Yeah. You know? And the drummer said, oh, hang, on, hang on, hang on a minute. He said, look, Benj, you know that dancehall shit? I said, yeah. He said, we'll play some punk stuff. Do that dancehall stuff you do. Like, you know, that old fucking Jamaican stuff you used to do. Do that on this punk shit. And I was double. Wow. Nice. That's, that's pretty organic, isn't it? To just Mate, and that's how it switch it up like that. That's what happened. Jin said to me, Benj, just do the fucking reggae shit on top of what we're doing, mate. So is it? I, I, and I was looking at them going, fuck Reggie, I, I want to get away from yeah, I've told you, fuck it. I've already said fuck Reggie, I'm not interested. They robbed me, they fucking skanked me, and that's the way I looked at it. Because I was singing on sound systems in, in the Southwest, you know, for fucking half a quarter of, of um, Jamaican weed and a tenner. You know what I mean? And I felt like, fuck you, you know, I was just getting robbed all the time, as in like, not mm. beat up and robbed, but, no, no, but people promising you shit and not delivering. Yeah, like. yeah so one June said, do the Reggie shit, honest to God. And I started doing it, and I, it was like the Charlie Chaplin moment. I'd just seen that the moustache in the hat appear. <laughs> and the cane. Like, he's there. Yeah, he's, he's there. Like, it would just work perfect. And um, yeah, and um, honest to God, we played... And I played loads of shows with different out, out bands before that. But as soon as we played in London, honest to goodness me, we played in London. And the day we played the first show in London, we, we, we already had a... We, by the time we come on, we had an agent. And the wow. agent led us to a record deal. And as soon as the one record, record company was sniffing around us... Six or seven was. And we ended up signing to Eric Records. And that's the beginning of Benji Webb and my little wow. journey. Like. So I, I, so I remember seeing Skindred. Now, I didn't even know who you were. Mm-hmm. Um, you were supporting Pitch Shifter. 
Brilliant. at the Charlotte in Leicester, um, which was twisted my amazing. Angle, twisted my ankle in rehearsal. Did you? Soundcheck. <laughs> Fucking so, killed me. It was. I, I'd never heard of Skindred. I was going because of Pitch Shifter. Okay, uh, that was that was the original lineup as well. That, yeah, that's yeah. all that was. Yeah, and um, it it was insane. It, you, in, in honesty, and I lo- still love Pitch Shifter. I think they're fucking great. Mm-hmm. Love the energy, and you know Jason. Uh, that was an amazing show. Yeah, stood they, almost they next to him, and he's, yeah, he's yeah. insane. He's doing well with Bullet now. Yeah. Um, but, oh yeah, and he was in there, wasn't he? Fucking yeah, he, but you were. Uh, Skindred absolutely stole the show for me, not, yeah. not knowing what to expect. Uh, you know, and I was right at the front, well, right in your <laughs> face. And it, mate, you just, I just enjoy it. I mean, yeah. from way back then, I always say to people all the time, it's not a competition. It's, you know, no. you, it's an art form. You, know, you never go fucking Van, Van Gogh's better than fucking so and so, do you? Oh, but, no, no. It's so not it's, about being better. No, but, but I, was just, I just, I've always, and I say this to people all the time, from way back then, in the, in the fucking early 90s mm. to, to today, when I'm performing, when I'm doing what I'm doing, I'm I'm having the best fucking time yeah. ever. And it comes across. You know, I'm having the best time ever, bro. And you know, and whether and I always look at it like this. No one's promised tomorrow. Enjoy the fucking minute you're in, because you always go, oh, I had a shit night. No, it wasn't that good. Mm. Crap. Nah, I'm doing my best every fucking time. Whether I'm in a a room full of sixty people, one man and his dog, or fucking sixty thousand in a festival, it's the same performance from me. Because yeah. I, I I put myself first. It's like like someone once said. You know, um, take it or leave. You know, you don't. We can't force you to enjoy this music, but take it or leave it. Leave it. We'll carry on regardless. Yeah. And that's the way. I'm, that's my attitude towards it from way back when. It's like the Pips thing of we may not be for you, and that's okay. Oh fuck, I'm down. You know, cool. that's, that's not fine. everyone is, man. Listen, yeah. no one's gonna love you like your mother. <laughs> yes, that's good. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think for me, what what's kind of kept. What what immediately captured me is yeah, like what you said. It was a fucking party. I, yeah. I was just, I yeah. was just in the middle of this. That's party. it. Yeah, that's I wasn't it. Aware it was going to happen. And to this day, you know, to this day, I hear folks say they have that party. Yeah. I don't, I don't go to myself. Um, it's going to be like this, or it's going to be like that. I just like, I just do what I do, you yeah. know, and to the best of my ability, like you know. So, obviously, I can see how that happens in live and people, you know, getting involved, and you've got that that chemistry and that mm-hmm. atmosphere. But yeah. how do you tra- how do you transfer that onto record? Because you do. Uh, I, I don't know. If, I don't. You know, I'll be honest with you. Swear to Buddha. I don't think we have actually did that yet. Really? I'll be honest with you. I think the records have not come close to the live shows. And I'm saying that myself. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I do believe that the, the last four weeks we spent in the studio recording, all I can say is number uh, number eight is going to be yeah. great. Um, that's, that's exciting. <laughs> you know, and, I, and I honestly say that I think, I don't know why, we've done a lot of records, but I really think that the next record we do, people we're going to get a lot more fans. A lot more people can join the party. Amazing, amazing. Because mm-hmm. I think you've captured the I've, you captured the energy amazingly for me, and I really? can be quite a bit That's of a, good. a critic personally. That's good. I'll play your fucking that. song when we finish, man. That'll no, be awesome. Go. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. a shame. I would have played you. That's how fucking strong I feel about it. Yeah, I would have yeah. played you a new song. Man. But anyway, gentlemen, I just want to awesome. say thank you so much. Thank you for you're um, welcome. Thank you very much, and uh, and yeah, I hope I awesome made sense show. and didn't blab on too much. No, no, awesome. Thank you very much, buddy. Thank you. Cheers. So that was a lot of fun to record um, and at a few points in this episode I had to pull myself back from just sitting there and being completely absorbed into the world of, of Benji. Um, I hope you enjoyed that and you were looking forward to the new album as much as I am. 
This was a chat I've been wanting to have for a couple of years, but Benji is always in high demand, um, so I'm thankful of him giving up some of his time to entertain me with his stories, and yeah, as I said before, I hope we can do a part two in the future. So, that's all from me. Thanks very much for listening. As always, if you have the capacity to give this podcast a review or a rating, please do. It it all helps in in being able to raise the profile and, and get more guests. But I'll leave you now to get on with whatever it is that you're doing. Thanks very much for listening and good night.